Hello and welcome back to the B-Side podcast. Today you're with us, myself, Danalog and Beatmax over here. Hey, how's it going everyone? Uh, we are part of Soccer 96, uh, uh, kind of like long-standing duo, I guess you could now say. Been playing together for quite a few years, probably more years than we probably want to accept or admit. Um, what do you reckon is 10, 15, 20? My God. I'm going to say, yeah, 20 years. I reckon we've been playing for 20 years, so I, yeah, it feels kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, we, we, you know, we, 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 we get, we're getting pretty good in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. We're getting great. Um, and so to celebrate, um, you know, we just, we actually, we just come to the end of a 12-month tour um, with our other band, Comet, is coming. And so yeah we hadn't hung out for at least like two weeks so we thought we'd better get together and make a podcast so today we're going to play all b-sides um as is the name of the podcast all b-sides of uh some of our favorite vinyl um it's going to be pretty free-flowing it's going to be pretty genre hoppy um and yeah i'm really looking forward to diving in to the world of the b-sides this one is in a Yama land, which is a kind of 80s Japanese synth duo. Pretty mysterious, but I think they make some pretty perfect kind of cosmish kind of sounds. Um, I thought it'd be a great way just to open up the podcast peacefully. Um, yeah. Anything more you want to say, Maxwell? Um, just, yeah, it's a beautiful, I think, is that the cover? What's at the back? That's the cover, and uh, it's very beautiful. It's that like weather, kind of weather drawings, drawings of like wind, but like as they would be shown on a weather sort of forecast yeah. thing. It's yeah, I like that a lot.
Okay. That was a great track. It's just started raining outside and I'm gonna I've got my first record. Uh it took me a while to work out what the B side was because the artwork is just so meta on this. This is the Egyptians Egyptian Sports Network, which is like uh kind of spin-off from Monopoly Child Star Searches, which is kind of like a, you know, a favorite artist of both of ours, so I thought it'd be a nice one to include. But also I reckon that this is probably one of the records by him that you don't have, because um, I know we both kind of collect his stuff. But um, yeah, this one is like one of the coolest artworks, I think. I don't know how he's made it look like this. Um, but yeah, we saw Monopoly play down at Cafe Otto a while back. And uh, yeah, it was just nice to both, you know, share getting into an artist together. Um, super music. Yeah, I don't know, really. Yeah, I just wanted to add that. Yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite artists as well. Um, it's really raining now. I wonder if you can even hear that down the mic. Um, yeah, and yeah, Monopoly Charles says I remember meeting him at the Cafe Otto, and I think it was one of the first times in my life I felt like a really geeky fan, where I just went to pieces talking to him, and I suddenly realised I was kind of one of those kind of annoying fans coming up, just like showering way too much sycophantic kind of praise. Uh, on the guy but he handled it like a pro um i think i asked if he wanted to do a gig together and yeah. i was like look i've got this plan let's do a big gig together and he said uh the words i'll never forget he said well maybe we should try being friends first <laughs> wise words, Thank you. 
Alright, so the next tune I'm going to put on is a track by Silver Apples. Um, they're another synth and drums duo, so thematically with our band Soccer 96, kind of meshes quite well. Um, it's from, I think it's their second album, it's called Contact, and a picture of them on the front of the sleeve. It looks like they're in a spaceship. Um, but it's probably an aeroplane. Um, but they both look pretty gaunt and kind of strange looking fellows, but wearing very colorful clothes, staring back kind of forlornly whilst at the dials of this aeroplane. Um, and there's a sunset in the background. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically when we first got together with Soccer 96, we met this guy called Rob White in Brighton. He saw our third ever gig or second ever gig and thought we were like the next big thing. Um, which, I mean, he was mistaken a little bit, but his passion and joy for the band was really infectious and he really pushed us to kind of make our first record, um, our self-titled 2012 record. Um, and this was one of the bands he introduced me to on these long nights. We used to hang out, listening to music, get inspired. Silver Apples. And there's like one guy who's got his own homemade synth rig. And it's a guy on drums and there's a bit of singing. Um, yeah, and I love this track for a B-side. I've Known Love. So it's a kind of, I guess, slightly melancholic, wistful um, song. It's got this brilliant lyric which is I burnt my hands on the sun I think it is I or my fingers touched too close to the sun or something um, so anyway it's like a really wicked experimental breakup song I'd say Drank out of the magic earth. As I sailed 
like grinding drones that kind of sounded like a little bit annoying but they like make the track really cool um and yeah wow the drum sound is just spot on we're just talking about the year that the band was together for only three years from no two years 60 67 to 70 67 to 70 so that and how badass that is not like our 20 years <laughs> well no, we've got a lot of respect for for those guys wow um all right okay i'm gonna play this one uh I, yeah i just went to see my nan and shout out to my nan june um she's like 98 so she's you know she's lived a long life but she's gone into her home and uh went to visit her and my dad was like yeah if, if there's anything in her house that you'd like to take you can just take it so um i just went and had a little dig through her records and most of them are like classical music and um I didn't take any of those, but I did find this one, and it's like Javanese court gamelan, and um, I was more familiar with uh, Balinese gamelan, which is like super crazy, super like metal kind of thrash gamelan, and then this I didn't really realize how different the Javanese style is, like super. Um, slow and kind of meditative and uh yeah i just 
I like this record. It kind of reminds me of her and uh, trying to imagine her listening to it. It's kind of hard to imagine, actually. But um, yeah, so I guess it's like a bit personal. But I've been just having it on quite a lot at home because I think it just sort of chills everyone out in my house. Um, but it's also kind of like has a deepness to it so it's not just chill chill it's like i don't know it feels quite centered i don't know i guess it's like a spiritual music court gamelan sounds yeah i don't know it, it takes me to a place anyway
Oh yeah, so yeah, I actually forgot to say who that was. So that's the Javanese court gamelan from the Pura Paku Alaman Jogiyakarta. And it's a 1971 recording, lots of vibe. It's just dripping with vibe, that one anyway. What have you got for us there, Dan? Certainly is dripping with vibe. I've got... Well, you know, that's 1971, do you say? So I've got a record. This is unintentionally sequential, but this record's from 1972. Um, Yeah, and this is one of my favourite groups. Favourite records of all time, I'd say. And so when we got asked if we wanted to be invited to this this b-side podcast i knew this was the first track that i thought of uh of playing because i knew this was on the b-side it's a track called you know you know from the record in a mountain flame by the mahavishnu orchestra um and it's just a wicked record because even though mahavishnu are kind of known to be kind of shredders you know players that play maybe a bit too much very musical um and you know john mclaughlin the guitarist was kind of playing with miles davis and you know some people saw him as like the new Jimi hendrix but it was quite what they call muso um but this record their first one i actually think is very very um more restrained and actually have written um there's like less solos and more like melodies and there's more space and there's very quiet moments and this track's like that it's basically got this wicked drum sound uh, billy cobham on the drums is one of the best drummers out there and the drum sound that they got in the studio you'll notice we probably talk about that quite a lot in this podcast we're both kind of obsessed with drum sounds and it kind of has all these little drum breaks in it um where the drumming is just so good uh and kind of the touch on the drum heads is just so nice so yeah, um, Billy Cobham, he's the man. Max, as, as the drummer, what have you got to say about Billy? Uh, yeah, th- this is a tune like you can really, you can really get a sense of his sensitive playing. But he's also a beast; like he can just do crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, I feel like we used to listen to this in your car back in like when we first started hanging. Um, I can't remember. We would just be driving around at night around Brighton, going like along the beach and stuff. I remember just blazing. Like you had these really quite shrill like speakers in your car, and it used to just really like sear my ears off. But we used to just crank it, and uh, I can't remember where we were going. But yeah, I remember I hadn't really listened to this um, album before. You, I think you were showing it to me back then. So it was nice. Uh, nice, it's a special track for me too.
I just wanted to add as well one of my favorite keyboard players of all time on that uh, record, Jan Hammer. And he's got this amazing kind of bell like Fender Rhodes electric piano. And the way that kind of meshes with the guitar is one of my favorite things on that record. Anyway, Max, what's coming up next? Okay, so when I fell in love with my wife. I, uh, she's from Peru and we went to Peru and I was like, well, we got to go record digging while we're out here. And we've, we've bought over the years, we bought lots of records from Peru, but I think the special records for me are always going to be the first ones we bought because it really just opened my eyes to the culture I felt like I was connecting with something, but also it helps me understand my wife um, because it is a different culture and um, you kind of have to understand each other if you've got, you know, a wife from another country. So, um, yeah, this kind of music is like guitar, cajon, singing, and it's incredibly beautiful, but the songs are always like really dark or the lyrics are really dark. My Spanish is not good enough. I don't know what they're singing about on this song. Sorry, but um, yeah, everything's like super dark and it kind of like, and very dramatic. And I think that um, it helped me understand my wife better. And, uh, but you know, it always reminds me of, of meeting her. Tu hambre parece 
So yeah, that's from a compilation called Noches de Peña. Uh, it's Musica Criolla, so a comp. And that was Secreto by Los Embajadores Crios. I can feel my wife's passion in that tune. Good. No doubt. This had a really nice ending as well. Um Oh, yeah, shout out to Valeria, 100%. Um, so what am I going to play next? Um, coming out of that, I think I'm going to reach for um, some Nala Sinefro, which is a record came out, was it last year or the year before? Um, on Warp, and this Nala Sinefro record has got some great players on there. You've got Jake Long and Eddie Hick on the drums. You've got Wonky Logic on keys. I could name all of these people in here. James Mollison, sax. Nibaya on sax. Lyle Barton on keys. Just saw Lyle Barton play with Nibaya actually out in um, Tokyo. Um, we were out there with Soccer 96 doing a little tour of Tokyo, Osaka, Yokohama. Yeah, on a day off, managed to get to the Blue Note Records venue and saw Nibaya. And I was <laughs> had quite a... A close seat to the stage, but they didn't know I was there, so I was really trying to not kind of like eyeball them. Um, anyway, Space Six is the name of this track. Um, I've been repping this tune pretty hard. Um, Nala Sinefro plays these kind of modular synths, I think, or not modular, but not sure what synth she plays actually, but it's um, very stereo, very wide. And these beautiful kind of, for a technical term, kind of these major six, major seven chords on this. Um, and this crazy repetitive sax line with the drums. Um, and then it just goes crazy in the middle. It drops and they suddenly drop the bass in. I'm just describing the track, I guess. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> it's just these are all things that tick all my boxes um it's beautifully well recorded as well anyway i'm going to drop it in here so this is space six by nala sinefro <laughs>
what a beautiful outro too um yeah what a track i just feel like they really nailed this moment together there and how their synths kind of swirl out at the end they're quite understated for most of the track and then they just kind of engulf the whole mix and i think i really like that about this record that there's a good dynamic mix you know you're not too don't have to make the saxophone like the top of the mix or the drums the top of the mix or the synth the top of the mix that will kind of ebbing and flowing when the moment is right um okay so back over to Betamax for your next b-side what have you got for us all right so yeah where to begin this is one of my favorite artists of all time rasji um yeah i got just totally down into his rabbit hole of music like there's so much good stuff and when he sadly passed away i really started diving through his earlier stuff and then i managed to get hold of this record so it's yeah i don't know this is kind of you know, it was sad when he died because we, we had just uh, managed to meet him in L.A. And we had plans for him to... Yeah, he was up for doing a remix for Comet Is Coming and stuff. So, you know, we yeah, we were really devastated when he passed. But um, I did just, yeah, got hold of this record and it's quite difficult to find. It's the um, Ghetto Sci-Fi um rusty and african space program which is always like my favorite stuff by him um yeah the beats are like really out there it's so spacey and groovy i don't know i feel like he's like one of my all-time heroes so ignition lift off 
So I'm going to keep it West Coast and play Monopoly um, with his record came out on Brain Feeder like quite a while ago now, 2014, on uh, a record Golden Skies. And this is another track that I thought of immediately with the B-Sides theme. And it kind of ties in maybe a little bit with the whole vibe of b-sides which is that like so often like your big hits or whatever go on the first side side a maybe putting your singles on there especially like in streaming days you want to like a lot of people like front load their records you know keep you listening and then maybe side b is a chance just to stretch out a little bit maybe get a bit more sensitive maybe bring in the more experimental tunes maybe it's just a mood to a b-side which um it's like the a-side is like your first impressions when you meet someone and it's all you know um hi hello shake your hand this is what i'm all about set my stool out maybe the b-side is like you know we've got to know each other a little bit now i'm gonna show you like another side of my personality they trust you now so you know it's the vulnerabilities that are being exposed on the B side, maybe. 
Yeah, for for sure. Like I even heard a stand-up comedian say, you know, you never drop your really edgy jokes at the beginning of a set. You go away until there's trust there with the audience. So maybe there's a kind of a depth to the B side, which um, is so it's for the heads exactly. So um, this track is called Night Garden Monopoly, and it's always been an absolute gem for me. It's got kind of like a womb-like quality. 
um, kind of reminded right, you kind of we were just chatting like how our tunes can sometimes inspire us to play our next tune and um, that one made me want to play this so this is Jan Jelinek uh, is it Jan Jelinek or Jelinek and Masayoshi Fujita and they've done this record called Shaum it's like a collaboration <laughs> so it's like electronics and vibraphone um but this record's quite important to me because when i had my first child um we were doing a lot of hypnobirthing kind of which is like kind of what you do to prepare to give birth and but but the 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 father does it as well um and it's kind of just like a lot of breathing and thinking positively. And, uh, we, you know, because we did a home birth and um, right before everything started to go weird and we had to go to hospital, we were kind of like playing new age music. And um, I just remember the medics coming round and we had this spinning on the decks and it's pretty weird actually so I was thinking like they must have thought we were pretty nuts <laughs> but yeah well I don't know like giving birth is such a crazy thing and then to have a record spinning like have vinyl at your birth I, I don't know it just felt like this is a bit of ridiculous but this was the record that we were spinning anyway so it's always gonna mean a lot to me
Pretty much talking through the whole of that track about how that is quite a mad track to give birth to. I was like, I could not imagine it. But well, I could imagine it from the perspective of you two chilling in your own zone. But as soon as those medics arrive at the door, or maybe from a different musical background, they would find it like pretty, um, pretty, yeah, different. It was actually awkward. Um, and that's the thing. You the first bit of home birthing, you kind of, you kind of get to just have the house how you want, and then and then you've got guests around when the medics come, and uh, or you know the birthing team as it were. Uh, so after that, we just put on uh, ocean sounds. After that, anyway. Yeah, I mean. I love that this pod has gone the way of like a little bit of information on home birthing, just for all you out there thinking about it. Um, I don't know how this relates, uh, this next record, see if I can make a, a really fudged segue into the colours that rise with their record greyed out. Um, the track I was going to play is actually called Get Away. Um, so maybe I'm just getting away. Um, from i don't know anything about home birthing so i'm gonna have to move into my tried and tested um area of expertise which is space funk um which is like definitely the vibe on this record by simeon jones and nathaniel t williams these are two guys we actually both know really well um they released this record on rhythm section uh international which is like yeah, it's just one of the coolest labels. It's like South London. They're always on point with their releases. Um, and this record's great. I watched these guys make it over many years because they're both very um, kind of prolific dudes, you know. And Nathaniel runs the Colour Factory, which is like one of the coolest venues here in East London. And then he's got Jumby, which is an awesome bar in like Peckham where they've got like vinyls. They've just got one vinyl turntable in there and a space echo. So you can't mix and blend, uh, which is very relaxing for a guy like me who can't really mix or beat match that well. Um, and it's kind of what we're doing today as well. Anyway, before I um, ramble on too much, this is yeah probably my favorite uh, favorite track and it happens to open side b it's called get away um yeah the opener of side b Thank you. 
Okay, so yeah, I'm excited to show you this record. It's by this group called El Alamo. And there's like a sort of psychedelic rock band from Peru. Um, like I said, I was getting into a lot of like di Peruvian digging. And then this is like one of the quintessential sort of psych records that came out of that scene in the 70s is like all the best Peruvian music's in the 70s in my opinion and this record is just like awesome and I bought it I managed to get a copy on Discogs and it said it was a little bit scratchy and when I got it I got it as a present for my wife and then got it out and it's really scratchy I was like oh my god so I'm hoping it's going to play okay but um yeah, this is like the end of the record, you know, when sometimes people have their best tune kind of at the end of the record. It's kind of like that. So it's a tune called Malos Pensamientos.
Wow. What an ender. We're definitely moving towards the end of the pod. I reckon like a lot of our tracks are getting later onto side B. Um as we're getting towards like, you know, the real closing vibe. Um it's worth a mention, yeah, just how much record crackle there was on that last one, especially at the beginning. Um sounds amazing. I I love that. We um we gotta leave it all in, all warts and bruises included. So we're gonna move over to this is one of my favourite um kind of composers, I guess you call him. It's called Mort Garson. Um but his name isn't actually on the record itself. It's called The Zodiac Cosmic Sounds. And so this is like part of that sixties, late sixties, early seventies tradition of doing a record of every track um is a different star sign. Um, you know, the dawning of the age of Aquarius and all that. Um, this one came out, what does it say, May 1967. Um, and, you know, one day maybe Soccer 96 will do a, a Zodiac album, you know. Um, it, you know, I famously, I don't know to what extent we as a band really associate ourselves with star signs. It's always good for a laugh, though. And I think, yeah, I'm an Aries um, and Max is an Aquarius. So, you know, I don't want anyone to think here I'm being romantic and playing Aquarius because of Max. It's actually just because it's it's the best track on the record. Um, but, you know, or maybe I am. We'll leave that up to listeners. Um, so, yeah, this will be, I reckon this will be my penultimate track. Um, yeah, so this is a, a bit of more Garson.
go be but forget no one weak strong all belong Yeah, I I often wonder like whether there's just too much crackle or whether there can never actually be too much crackle. Because sometimes it's just yeah, just it, it's like a relic. And uh, yeah, that one had a bit of crackle going on. We've just been talking about whose record was more crackly. I still think my one was more crackly, but um, beautiful beautiful tune. I love Mort Garson as well with the. I listen a lot to his Plantasia record. Um, okay. I'm going to play this. This might be my last record, I guess, um, for the podcast. Um, so this is a record that we used to enjoy listening to because it's got that tune, World War One on it, and it's this Bell record. No, Bill record. And it's got my dad playing on it, who... So Clive Bell is uh, my dad, but he's playing, like, reeds and flutes and stuff. But this is a record he did with Ermler, like, that's the guy from Faust. And then Lieberzeit, who's, like, another hero of mine, a drummer from Cannes. Um, so, yeah, this kind of is, like, a special recording, because... I didn't get to meet Lieberzeit, but I wish I had. And, um, yeah, he did a record with my dad, with this other guy, Lipok, as well. I'm not sure who that is. Anyway, sorry, I have to mention the fourth member of the band. But, um, yeah, this is a crazy tune. It's just like... That one with the riff? Yeah, it's got the riff, and we were talking about it the other day because I think we were jamming, jamming the riff in soundcheck in japan or something yeah. anyway reminded me of this of, of this record so and then i checked and it's it opens side b so i was like sick this is that tune
So yeah, Jack, Jackie Lee was like, around this time he'd, he wasn't drumming with uh, his feet anymore. He just had a drum kit that you just play with sticks. Um, and he transitioned, not because he hurt his feet or anything like that. He just had this concept of drumming that was about the sticks. It's called the ET method and it goes really deep. I started going so down this rabbit hole of studying the way he conceives rhythm using this kind of binary code that's like basically Morse code. Um, and he got so deep into that that he had to rearrange his drum kit to kind of accentuate the kind of philosophy of the drumming. Um, so yeah, anyway, you can hear him doing that, I think, on this tune. So my last tune, how to follow that, Bill. So I'm picking now as the last tune of a side B. It's a real closer vibe. That's why I kind of pick this tune. It's a real ender, and it's the end of an album by Swell Maps, um, who kind of like a post-punk group on Mute Records. Um, and it's that album Jane from Occupied Europe and there's all pictures on the record sleeve of their setup which is in like like a house uh, and it's just like sitting around on tons of junk and abandoned stuff and bicycles and like they're just like set up in the middle of this huge mess of stuff with a few microphones lying around um and this track i mean the 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 album's actually pretty uh guitar driven kind of post punk uh music um and but this track's actually on a piano and there weren't much like pia- big piano players but it had one of those ramshackle old uh pianos lying around they just record this thing on it and then close the album with it and uh, I've always really loved the title of it too. It's called Rain- A Raincoat's Room. Um, but yeah, it's been an absolute wicked pleasure um, being here on the B-Side podcast. 
Um, anything, any last um, messages, Betamax? Yeah, it's been a pleasure, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to our records that we chose. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, take care. Here is a Raincoats Room by Swell Maps. <laughs>